Welcome to the Grove Community Church Sermon Podcast. We're a faith community seeking to change lives, change our community, and change the world. And now to this week's message. We hope you enjoy it. When Laura and I had just gotten engaged, and we were putting together our plans for for not just the wedding, but for life together, I was uh, talking to a guy, an acquaintance that I'd met at church. And we were talking about the upcoming, you know, all the stuff that was going on. And he said, yeah, Laura's, Laura's an awesome person. I said, oh, I, I didn't know you knew Laura. At the time, Laura had been finishing up school in Auburn, and, uh, and I was in Montgomery working at a church. And then there was, uh, there was some overlap time where she was going to be in town and and so she was settling back into uh, Montgomery, and, and this guy had been in Montgomery for a while, but he had gone to Auburn. He said, oh, yeah, I know Laura from Auburn. I was like, oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't even realize that. He said, yeah, she, you know, he knew what sorority she was in, knew kind of that she was uh, um, on the, uh, the, her sorority's football team, which, by the way, she was the top receiver of, and they won the championship. She won't ever tell you that, but she was very good. Uh, and so anyway, so like he didn't know that, but he knew that she, you know, played flag football. He knew, he knew that she was involved in this and that. I mean, he knew a lot about Laura. And so I told Laura, hey, I ran into this guy and he was telling me that he knew you and, you know, that y'all knew each other from Auburn. He knew what classes she was in. Yeah, some of you are like, creeper. All right, so I didn't think anything about it until... I said to Laura, hey, I talked to so-and-so today. I had no clue that you knew each other. And she says, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Kind of weird. But it wasn't. The guy wasn't doing it in a creepy, weird way. He actually was in her major. He actually was on a, in, a, in a group project with her. And she just didn't recognize the name or really know the guy. So the guy wasn't some weird creep. They had just had conversations about this stuff that he knew about her. So he knew Laura, but he didn't know Laura. And Laura definitely didn't know him. I think think if we're not careful... Our relationship with God is a lot like that. We know a lot about him. We might even hang out with him from time to time. But he doesn't really know us because we don't really know him. A lot of us are like that guy who was in group with Laura, in the same major with Laura, who had classes with her at Auburn, who saw her around campus, but she didn't really know him. He knew a lot about her, but they didn't really know each other. I got to be honest, I find myself at times in that place with God, where I've got a lot of knowledge but I haven't taken the time to really make it deep and personal. 
I've done everything I could to just kind of maintain a loose relationship, but do I really deeply know him? Today we're going to continue our look at the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does and who the Holy Spirit is and, and what the Holy Spirit means for us. And we're going to look at a passage from 1 Corinthians. Now, we're diving into 1 Corinthians, and you need to know this about Paul. When Paul writes, Paul is the one who wrote this book of the Bible. When Paul writes, he writes in um, really sophisticated Greek. And so because he writes in really sophisticated Greek, it is hard sometimes to fully grasp his sentences. There are times in Paul's literature where he is writing paragraphs, paragraphs that are a single sentence. It's weird. It's not how we function. It's what Paul did, which then makes it hard sometimes to take his thought from Greek and translate it into English. So today we're going to look at a passage that I feel like they've done a pretty good job in the translation of it in the ESV and, and somewhat in the NIV and the NRSV. If you've got any of those, that's great. If if not, you can follow on the screen. We're going to have what's the ESV version up for you to kind of follow along. But even with a good translation, it's a little bit hard to kind of figure out what he's saying. So we're going to walk through this and learn some stuff about the Holy Spirit today. So if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2. Or you can follow on a smart device like I have, or you can follow on the screen. When you see me pointing like this, y'all realize there's a screen that I see there, right? Okay. I'm not just pointing like, yes, see that? And it's up there for y'all, but it's there for me. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 Corinthians 2, verses 9 through 14. So before we jump into that particular part of the scripture, a little background is helpful about Corinth. Corinth was a Roman city or a city in, in uh, the Roman Empire that was very, that was very influenced by, by Rome. And Paul had on a mission impacted some people in Corinth and set up some house churches. And the people in Corinth were now being influenced by, um, by some theology that had crept in that kind of took from, it was over-Hellenized. It was theology that was over-influenced by Greek. So if you hear the word Hellenized, that means that that's Hellenized was, I don't have time to explain it. Anyway, it just means Greek, all right? So it's overly influenced by, by Rome and by Greek culture. And so, so this has started creeping into some of the theology. And Paul writes First and Second Corinthians to, to kind of, to, to kind of combat that, to give them information, to, to set them right. One of the things that they believed was that Paul came and his, his teaching was very elementary. It was, it was really, it was just milk toast, you know? It was just like, eh. To really know God, there was this hidden Sophia. Sophia means wisdom in Greek. There's this hidden wisdom and that there are different ways to get to this wisdom, but it wasn't through what he was teaching. And so this group of, we don't know who, had influenced the churches in Corinth into believing that what they really need was spiritual ecstasy. Like, 
these really wild, crazy spiritual experiences, real emotional, real showy and flashy, that they needed those and that they, they, that's how they would get these kind of iterations, these teachings of wisdom that kind of just floated down from God. Not, just some weird theology was creeping in, and Paul's trying to address that. So you need to understand that before we launch into this. And in the previous, uh, what is that, eight verses in the second chapter of Corinthians, Paul is basically saying the people who say they are wise aren't wise. That's their version of wisdom. That's the world's version of wisdom. But I'm offering something else. That's of the world. What I'm offering is something different. So that's where we're going to catch up here. Verse 9. But as it is written, and he quotes multiple passages in this one little section from Isaiah. What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. Now that seems like a weird quote. What he's doing is he's taking what we think is two or three passages from Isaiah and putting them together. Now, Paul wouldn't have done this on his own. There were other theologians or other students of the Old Testament that had done this. So Paul is quoting something that was already put together. He didn't just make this up. He put it together, and it was all from Isaiah, and he's quoting it. What he's saying is, look, what no eyes heard or seen, no ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined, that is what God has prepared for those who love him. So think about that statement for a minute. No eye can see, no ear can hear, no heart of any human can imagine the truth of God. We can't make it up. We can't manufacture it. We can't see it with our eyes or hear it with our ears or imagine it in our heart because the glory and the truth of God is way beyond our human limitations. Does that make sense? That's what this quote means. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, nor heart of man imagined, that is what God has prepared for those who love him. So this wisdom that you're hearing from these chirps over here, this wisdom of man, this truth that they're espousing doesn't touch the truth of God. If you're seeking worldly truth, you're going to be disappointed because what God has for us is greater. Verse 10, these things, what things? The things that God has prepared from the verse before, God prepared for those who love him. These things that God prepared for those who love him, God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Summing it up, world's wisdom, ridiculousness. God's truth and wisdom above all else. And he has prepared that. And the only way to know it is for it to be revealed through what? The Spirit. So he's telling the Corinthians, you're seeking truth in all of these different ways. You're trying to dive deep into truth. But real truth comes through the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit only. You have knowledge, but you don't have real knowledge. 
You have knowledge about the subject, but you don't know the subject. Because the only way to know God is through the Spirit. The only way to truly be connected and to know God is through the Spirit. It's not through a bunch of statements. It's not through going to seminary. It's not through reading commentaries. It's not through, through spending days and days and days studying Scripture. Although those are ways that you can find out about God, and those are ways that the Holy Spirit can speak to you. But if all you have is the knowledge and you lack the wisdom, the Sophia that comes from God, the Spirit, then what you have is just knowledge. It's not real wisdom. What you have is knowing a bunch of stuff without knowing the person. Does that make sense? So what Paul's saying to the Corinthians is, look, you think you know a lot of stuff? But if you really want to know the depths of God, there's only one way there. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit reveals the depths of God. It's certainly not me. It's certainly not Twitter. It's not Facebook. It's not Fox News. It's not CNN. It's not a Republican or a Democrat. It's not a book you pick up in self-help section. It's not a book you pick up in the spirituality section. It's not a book of the Bible that you can read and then all of a sudden have all this knowledge and now everything's going to be made better. There is one way to the depths of God. The one way to the depths of truth. And it's through the Holy Spirit. Paul is clearly saying to the Corinthians, you're pursuing the wrong thing. Then he goes on to explain, verse 11, For who knows a person's thought except the spirit of that person which is in him? Who knows your thoughts? Think about it. Is there anybody in this world that knows your thoughts? Like, all of your thoughts. Is there anybody that you are even close to? A spouse, a sibling, a child, that literally knows your thoughts? And the answer is, no. No. Only you know your true thoughts. And so what Paul is saying is, look, if you're trying to find some deep wisdom of God, if you're trying to have some, some excitable experience of God, it's not in this experience, it's knowing God. And the only way to know God is his spirit. It is the spirit that goes into his thoughts. Only through his spirit can we know the thoughts of God because God's spirit is the only one that knows God's thoughts. Does that make sense? Just like you're the only one that knows your thoughts, the Spirit is the only part of God that we experience that knows the deep thoughts of God. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Verse 12, Now we have received not the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit who is from God. That we might understand the things freely given to us by God. Now, if we for spirit uh, receive not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, 
And what's the spirit from God know? The depths of God's thoughts. What does the spirit know? Only the spirit knows the thoughts of God. The deep thoughts of God. So we have received that spirit. And the we here, which is interesting because the Corinthian church was pitting themselves against Pauline theology, but he uses the inclusive we here to say, no, 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 guys, we're part of the same team. We're connected to the same spirit. And by the way, this comes up later in Corinthians, and we're going to look at that over the next few weeks. It comes up later that we're all connected because of this spirit. But the gift that God gives us is the spirit and he gives us the Spirit so that we understand exactly what God has done through us for, uh, for us through Christ. The things that he has freely given, he mentions this earlier in Corinthians and later in Corinthians. The, things that he, the thing that he freely gives to us, the wisdom of God, is the death and resurrection of Jesus. It is the forgiveness of sins, and it is his Holy Spirit embedded in us. And that's what he gives us. And what a gift it is. Not only is it forgiveness of sins, but it's the gift of the Holy Spirit which helps us stay in relationship and understand God in deep and meaningful and powerful ways. And only by the Spirit can we do that. Paul in his logic is laying out an argument against what the Corinthians were experiencing. The Corinthians were a lot like this guy from Auburn. They knew a lot about God. They had a lot of information. They had actually even interacted with God. But they didn't really know him. And <laughs> Sorry. Mark just spilt his coffee on himself. Uh, and I know what he's thinking right now. <laughs> anyway, sorry about that. I got distracted by that. I forget where I was now. Totally lost it. God gives us this gift of the Holy Spirit so that we know him like I knew Laura. In contradiction as opposed to how this guy from Auburn knew Laura. He knew about her. He knew a lot about her. He had even spent time with her. But he didn't know her like I knew her. She didn't even really know his name. She recognized him by sight. She remembered that she had been in a group with him, but she didn't know anything about him. She wasn't in relationship with him like she was with me. I knew Laura. So much so that I offered a ring to her and begged her to marry me. Tricked her into it even, some would say. But this other guy, this other guy just knew about her. The spirit is that thing that emanates from God, that person of God that comes into our heart and comes into our life and makes a connection between us and the Godhead. And it's through that connection that we can know the heart of God and experience God and the depths of his person. 
The Spirit is the revealer of truth. And the Spirit is the channel through which we experience relationship with the Father. So are you fostering it? I'm not asking if you have a lot of knowledge about God. I'm asking, are you fostering deep connection with God through the Holy Spirit? Paul goes on to say, and we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. In other words, it is through the Spirit and because of the Spirit that we can understand spiritual truths. And so if you really want to get to know God and you really want to get to the deep spiritual truths, if you really want to experience the depths of his heart, you have to foster a relationship with him through the spirit. And so some of you guys are like, okay, well, what does that look like? Well, it's, it looks like the, the investment of time I had to put in my relationship with Laura to get to the point where I offered her a ring and she said Yes. It's relationship. It's not just knowing about, it's knowing. It's spending time sitting quietly sometimes with God. It is getting to know him in deep ways through fostering relationship. It's not just getting through a quiet time and checking it off. It's not just, oh yeah, I got this done, or ping, oh look, it's time for me to read my verse of the day. It's more than that. It's thinking about it, it's meditating on it, it's diving deep into a let, or allowing God to let it burn deep inside of you. It's more than perfunctory. So the challenge for me this week, as I prepared for this, is how much do I do that's perfunctory? How much am I doing it because I have to? How much time in, wor in the Word am I spending just because I have to get up here and say something on Sunday morning? Or am I allowing God to speak depth and truth to me? Am I listening and am I, am I stopping and letting it kind of sink in? Am I letting it steep like my mom used to let the sweet tea steep? And sweet tea ain't good unless it steeps. Can I get a witness? <laughs> That's the challenge. Laura and I have been married for 25 years now. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, I'm doing this every day. I mean, I'm the lucky one. I can't believe it. 25, coming up on 26 here, by the way, in less than a month. 26 years. And after 26 years of marriage, 
I know Laura. But I don't know all of Laura's thoughts. And as meaningful as that relationship is, it's the core relationship in my life outside of my relationship with God. And as powerful as our relationship is, and as frustrating as our relationship is for her, and as hard as the relationship is over years, right? I mean, there's nothing easy about staying married for 26 years. Just ask Laura. And if you really want your mind blown, my mom has been married to my dad for over 50 And as close as we are, it pales in comparison to the relationship that God offers. As great as my relationship is with Laura, it pales in comparison to the depths I can know and experience God. I can never fully know Laura's mind unless she's willing to open up and share it. And to get there, there has to be intimacy. There has to be deep trust. There has to be investment in the relationship. And it's the same way with God. But the truths of God, God's minds far outweigh the truths of Laura's mind. And that's not a knock against Laura. She's a very smart woman, except in her choice of men. The Spirit, He reveals, He connects. Are you willing? And if so, are you making it happen? We hope you found this week's message meaningful and impactful. And as always, don't just hear it, but put it into practice. Until next time, have a good one.